0: Hi, I'm Tom Solopek from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleague, Nelson Jansen, head of High Yield and Leverage Loan Strategy. Nelson, welcome to the program. Obviously, we've had this banking crisis, but at the same time, it seems to have faded away with rates fall, the move index has come down sharply, and uh, VIX is now below 20. So so it seems to have uh, faded from concern right now. What's been the impact of the banking crisis on your side on leveraged credit?
1: Sure. So while we're not directly exposed uh, to the regional banking crisis, there's been significant sentiment spillovers into high yield in the form of heavy withdrawals, uh, spread decompression, as well as most importantly, we saw a halt in capital market activity. You know, if you look at spreads today, um, you know, they benefited from the improvement in risk appetite. So we're back into 498 and we touched as wide as 560 in march and we're now back inside the long term average of 550 so hardly sending a, a signal of extreme stress you know for context high yield spreads last july peaked at 637 versus 498 today and the average spread in an economic recession is 970 that said what we have seen is decompression has resurfaced, you know, amid some rising growth concerns. Um, you know, specifically, we did see double Bs outperform triple Cs in March by the widest margins since the pandemic, and we're now beginning to see that ease a bit uh, with the past week's improvement in risk appetite. We did also see the distressed universe it rose about twenty five percent over the course of March and basically recouped that decline that we saw in their onset of the early stages of the year, as the market was benefiting from a host of macro surprises. On the, on the flow side, uh, we've seen significant withdrawals. So we just underwent the fourth largest exodus of retail money uh, on record. And we're now also seeing that reverse course in the current reporting week. So we have about $2.5 billion moving in this week after seeing $16 billion alone exit in less than two months. And then just lastly, on the, on the new shoe front, this was probably the most notable transmission. We didn't price a single deal uh, between March 2nd and March 27th in high yield we haven't seen this uh even over the course of last year during last year's rate volatility we're now starting to see that ease you know yields have come in about 65 basis points in the past week alone um so we're starting to see deals hit the calendar for the first time in in over a month you know this is a very significant development i do think that we can make the transition to April and see refi activity come back to the market, that'll be a positive development for sentiment. You know, January and February, we saw a surge of refi and that of course dissipated in, in the course of March. So I do think as we make the move into April, we did reset the floor higher for high yield spreads. Um, but I do think we can sustain levels somewhere in this range over the coming month and the, the, the improvements among the factors I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, so it seems they've they've settled down the worries in in the short run, but let's turn a bit to a a slightly longer run, looking out to to the end of the year. One of the things that came up was this idea that if the small bank loan growth does not, flatlines flat lines and big banks don't step in to fill the gap, uh, you can have a scenario where GDP growth takes a hit of, let's say, half a percent to to a percent. Just contrasting the kind of short-term concerns and the maybe slightly longer-term concerns, what's your outlook for, for 2023 forecasts for, for defaults, new issue and, and spreads? Are you th- rethinking any of these based on what happened in March? So it, we
1: have had, obviously, a lot of macroeconomic in January, February uh, surprises, as well as you know financial market surprises in the course of March. Um, but the views about the path ahead, largely uh, for leveraged credit, have not changed much. Um, you know This is... A narrative where we think that 2023 will be a tale of two halves for high yield investors, so we think that growth and earnings resiliency, as well as improvement capital market activity as we move into April and May. uh, We think that'll be accompanied by spreads kind of in the 470 to 525 range, so very close. Uh, to the levels we we sit at today. Um, That said, we're still forecasting a more challenging landscape for corporates in the second half of the year, as you alluded to as growth mildly contracts. So we do expect these conditions to be accompanied by wider credit spreads uh, led by underperformance down in quality. Uh, In terms of defaults, uh, we are looking for a doubling in default activity year over year. Um, We're forecasting 3% for high yield, three and a half percent for loans. We produced a one and a half percent default rate uh, across both products last year. And we're starting to see this materialize. So in the first quarter, we saw about 21 billion of defaults. Um, This was the most active quarter uh, since the pandemic. Um, And the other sort of dynamic underneath the hood is that you're starting to see the loan default rate actually move above the bond default rate for the first time in five years. So this kind of aligns with our view that this cohort will, will feel the more immediate transmission from higher rates, but also the more aggressive capital market proceeds we saw over the, over the past uh, five to seven years. In terms of how we're looking at for 2024, you know, we're penciling in three and a quarter default rate for high yield and 4% for loans. So we think that um, default rates will remain elevated even as we move into next year. In terms of new issue and capital markets, you we were forecasting a significant rebound this year. Not much has changed on this front. Um, you know, we're of course running a bit below, but I do think 2Q, we will see refi activity pick up. So we're forecasting 200 billion of issuance in high yield this year. We only did 105 billion last year. So we think that'll be on the back of a pickup in, in refinancing activity. But we still think that prospects for a real rise in net new activity are low. So just for context on that front, we've only done 28 billion of non-refi related high yield or loan issuance this year. We did 200 billion, which is a decade low last year alone. So we're seeing both products leverage loans and high yield contract. um, And that at least is proving to be a a pretty decent uh, technical support. Uh, for the market. Just lastly on spreads, you know, we are forecasting wider spreads. So we're at 498 today. Again, we think we, ha- we hold this range 475 to 525, not necessarily getting back to the low 400s of early March, but we do think the spreads widen over the course of the year. We're penciling in 575 uh, for high yield, 600 basis points for loans. Um, nowhere near where you typically get an economic recession, um, but, but wider than today. We think it will be led across both products in the lower quality ho- cohort as the fundamental challenges begin to accumulate as we work through the balance of the year. Now,
0: Nelson, I, I think you know our cross-asset views pretty bearish right now, and the, the idea is, is that, look, everything we're facing right now is kind of the hangover of, of the zero interest rate era. And you know, we saw these regional banks have issues, and this was, let's say, the first weak link to snap. There, there can be other ones, and you know, they, some of can take longer than others, and and some of them may manifest as a slow attrition. But one of the possibilities is, of course, is that the high yield market would be the next shoe to drop. So, what do you what do you think of that
1: possibility? So this this discussion is very interesting as it relates to high yield, but as it extends to leverage loans. So, as it relates to high yield. The, the answer is no. Um, and anyone who takes a bearish view you know, within a high yield needs to look no further than the most recent senior loan officer survey. Basically, those respondents tightening lending standards to medium and large size corporates hit a level that is commensurate with an economic recession always in much, much wider spreads. So the average spread in this type of environment uh, where you've had a reading, like you saw at the most uh, recent release at the end of January, 800 base points we're trading 500 over it's explainable for a number of different reasons and it's very important to understand you know one balance sheets are an incredibly strong position within high yield leverage is an all-time low at the most recent uh quarter and coverage metrics are an all-time high so these will erode slowly over the coming 12 to 18 months the other sort of dynamic underneath the hood is that the ratings mix of high yield is very different versus history So we have only 11% of the market is triple C's. The historical average is 22%. And then your next order component, B3, B minus is running at a low since 2000. So there's some dynamics that drove that in particularly the low market, which I'll discuss in a second, but the market has never looked this good from a ratings perspective, and that should translate into tighter spreads. The other two dynamics are technicals. The market's still contracting. So that's supportive of the tightens spread environment that we're seeing. But lastly, and most importantly, the reason the market hasn't responded to tighter lending standards is because issuers don't need to come to market. So, you know, the, the cumulative maturities across bonds and loans in 23 and 24 are less than 200 billion. This is an over $3 trillion market. It's not really until 25 and 26 when those begin to pick up. And 84% of the leveraged credit issuers actually don't need to tap the markets uh, you know, within the next two years. So I think that's a very important dynamic. That's why spreads ended the year around 500 last year, even as we produced the least issuance going all the way back to 2008. I think when I get concerned, the discussion shifts more to the leveraged loan market. So the ratings mix there is considerably weaker. The... the agency actions are considerably weaker. So we're seeing two to one downgrades to upgrades in that market, whereas it's still fairly balanced in the high yield space. And then of course the capital market proceeds. So that market absorbed 80% of LBO financings in the past five years. The B3 or lower lower rated issuance actually hit a record high in 2021. So I do think that there's a lot more underlying credit risk within the loan market than the bond market. We're starting to see that accumulate in the default activity. You know, March produced five defaults. All of those were loan-only issuers. You know, many of these are smaller, more punitively rated, and exhibit lower uh, long-term recovery rates. So I do think that this is the area where investors are going to be focused on, you know, as growth slows. You know, we're expecting a slow erosion, not a catastrophe, within leverage loans. We expect defaults to steadily arise, um, but we're not looking for anything um, you know that would really be the next shoe you know within the leverage loan product.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Nelson, and thank you all for tuning in to J.P. Morgan TV.